Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Making Mics Up. This week we will dive back into the chaos that is the NWSL and recap some of the games that have happened in the last week or two. After that I have some more Olympic coverage as the games come to a close this weekend. And now I know I had mentioned and hyped up my special guest last week, but because of some technical difficulties and travel logistics, she will now be on next week's episode. But I still have a super cool guest joining me at the end of this one to talk all things college and what you know, moving in is like, and so I'm really excited about that, and I hope you guys stay tuned till the end for that. With that being said, thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure to follow, and let's get into it. So in this week's NWSL section, we're not really going to take a deep dive into the games and how they played out and what I would change at the teams. We're really just going to go over the scoreline, who scored, and one or two quick things. There is a lot to cover in this section, so I really just want to hop right into it so that you guys can listen to this, listen to the Olympics, and then get to the interview because both of those parts are very important. So with that being said, we're just going to kick off the NWSL section. So we did miss two weeks of games because of the Olympic section last week. So we're going to talk about both weeks of games real quick. So first game was the Orlando versus the rain game, which ended in a 2-0 scoreline with the rain winning. Um, Jess Fishlock and Ziara King scored their goals. The game had a lot of yellows, four to the rain, three to Orlando. And the rain really dominated the game, which was good to see them looking reinvigorated under new coaching. Um, Laura Harvey will be joining the team for this upcoming week and the rest of the season and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be really exciting to see what happens with them now that um, she's back from the Olympics. Then we had the Houston versus the Thorns, which ended in a 1-0 scoreline. The Thorns won. Sophia Smith scored in the first minute. I will always ride the Sophia Smith train. I am so happy to see her coming into her own, and it's really exciting to see her start to thrive. Um, There were three yellows for the entire game, one to Houston, two to the Thorns, but overall it was a really even game. Possession, passing, all that kind of stuff, it was very even throughout, so nothing really exciting there. Um, Then we had the Gotham vs. Chicago game, which ended in a 2-1 Gotham win. Uh, Brianna Pinto was subbed on and was immediately taken down by Bianca St. George's on a run. Uh, Bianca got a red for that, and we got a PK, which Midge converted easily. It was really exciting to see in person. We all went feral in the stand seeing Midge score. Um, Allie Long scored a banger of a goal. The ball came from Allie and then to Caprice, and then Allie ran up, and then Caprice passed it back to Allie, and Allie just slotted it right in. Allie's first goal for Gotham. Very exciting to see. Uh, Vanessa Bernardo was subbed off at the half and is now seemingly under concussion protocol after a rough tackle. She kind of got elbowed in the face, but also just like it was so hot out and so a lot of the players were looking a little off after the game. Uh, Gotham controlled the game with more position, pass accuracy, and passes in general. Uh, next, we have the Spirit vs. Louisville game, which ended in a 2-0 Spirit win. Sam Stab and Ashley Hatch scored the goals. I didn't watch this one, but according to the stats, it was an evenly matched game. Then we have last weekend, which was also very busy with games. Uh, the first game was North Carolina versus Orlando, which was a 1-1 draw. There were goals from Sydney LaRue and Brittany Ratcliffe. We got to see more of Amy Rodriguez with uh, North Carolina, and they looked great. She created a lot of chances for them, and it'll be really interesting to see how she continues to grow into this team. Then we had the Rain vs. Louisville game, which the Rain won again. There was a brace from Les Lemaire, and Rain, again, they just look so, like, 
like a completely different team than the beginning of the season. They really look happier on the field and more at ease. And I really think that Laura Harvey is going to continue to bring this team on the rise again. Um, we also need to get name pronunciation sheets for these commentators because they butcher names consistently and it's really bad and a lot of players have said things about it and nothing's changed and a lot of other leagues have name pronunciation sheets so I don't know why the NWCL hasn't hopped on that train yet but they definitely need to do that soon. Then there was Portland versus Kansas City which was a 2-0 Portland win. I really do feel bad for Kansas City because they still haven't found their first win of the season. And they evenly matched the Thorns in this game. Like, a lot of their stats were very similar, but they just haven't been able to find a way to convert. And, I mean, you can't really blame them against the Thorns because Bella Bixby is insane. There, She won save of the week, rightfully so. The way she was able to just, like, one-hand that ball and save it, I don't know how she did that. Then we had the Chicago versus Spirit game, which was 3-1, to one, and Chicago did win. Um, there were goals from Mallory Pugh, Rachel Hill, and a penalty kick from Morgan Bryan, which helped secure this win, but it definitely wasn't easy for them to keep the Spirit from scoring. The Spirit's lone goal came from Trinity Rodman, who was so quick and tactical on the ball. After the game, one of the Chicago players mentioned that their game tactic was to literally stop Trinity from getting the ball, because they know that once she has that ball on her feet, like she is... She is going to do something with it. Um, Mal's goal bounced off the post and into the goal, and she did a cute little baseball celebration for her boyfriend that they had kind of been planning for weeks, so that was really cute, and it's been really great to see Mal get back in form. Trinity dribbled past the defender, the goalie, who came really far off her line, and then some more defenders. She literally paused, changed her direction, and then curled the ball in, and it was it was a beautiful goal, but it was a really big defense defensive mistake for Chicago but I mean good for Trinity honestly and then the last game was the Houston versus Gotham game which is a 1-1 draw Houston's goal came from Gabby Seiler and it's been really great to see her find her footing with this team Mitch Purse was injured and ended up coming off and there hasn't been much said to the extent of her injury but she is on the out list for Gotham's injured players um, Ifiana Manu was pressing the entire game and you could just tell her goal was coming the entire game. She's getting closer and closer and then she scored in the 89th minute to secure a point for each team as they headed back home. With all the competition in the NWSL, a lot of games are more evenly matched and it's really great to see that one team isn't taking the lead and running away with it. Along with that, the Olympics kind of marked the halfway point of the season, so with that I want to just quickly mention some standouts. Now, in trying to not be biased, Gotham's entire backline is a standout. And I feel like everybody can agree with me on that. Estelle is so good at what she does and is always there to cover. Caprice has a goal and multiple assists on the season while also like throwing her body on the line to stop goals. Gina, she she just knows what she's doing. She's there at the right time. And we are just a really great team. Obviously, we're missing players like Mandy and Imani in the back line. But I feel like our back line has such depth that it's okay. Like We're still, you know being dominant in the back line, I guess. Um, Allie Long has been outstanding for Gotham and has the best passing accuracy in the league right now, so good for her. Her and Caprice were both named to the NWSL Team of the Month. There is also, of course, Sydney LaRue, who is always just so amazing. She has been balling out even more than usual and truly makes both offensive and defensive plays look effortless. Bethany Balser and Mal Pugh are two players who were plagued by injuries and other downfalls but are really killing it this season. Mal has truly started to look like a new person playing again and she really looks like she's happy on the field again which is something I feel like we haven't seen from her in a while and so I'm really excited to see that continue to grow. 
Um, Balser is also finding her groove, having already scored five goals this season. Sophia Smith and Trinity Rodman are the babies of the league, but are outplaying so many people. They're both super crafty on the ball and aren't afraid to find little pockets and take risks, which I feel like you see a lot with some of these older players. They, like, are afraid of what they can and can't get away with, and a lot of these rookies are like, let me just go for it, especially those two. They are really just dominating this season. Uh, Andy Sullivan, appreciation time, because she leads her team so well, and we will never not talk about how Andy Sullivan is one of the best midfielders, if not the best midfielder in the league. Gabby Seiler has also had a standout season, like I said before, scoring two goals and really seems happy on the field. She's been super reliable for the dash. Um, Bella Bixby is a standout keeper. She has a great Challenge Cup last year, but has really proven that she's so good between the posts on the field. Special shout-outs to Simone Charlie and Midge Purse as well. Both are really similar to Sydney in being great offensively and defensively and have been able to find perfect goal-scoring opportunities the entire season. Next, we're going to talk about Louisville a little bit because something fishy is definitely going on in Louisville, and I'm not a huge fan of it. Since the start of the club, there's been a bit of a turnoff for me personally because they hired a iffy head coach, and then their supporters group chose to argue with fans online about why a light show was necessary when there were multiple players who said that it was triggering and, you know, not really needed And so Louisville chose to argue with it while some other teams like the Houston Dash chose to just handle it on their own. Um, One of the biggest issues this past week was that Jorian Balcom was not traveling with the team. And that was kind of random because why would she not travel with the team? And the past few weeks she's been getting a ton of media coverage but not any minutes. So Louisville is basically using her for branding at this point. And it's kind of confusing because she's clearly a game changer on the field. And I don't really have a ton to say other than Free Jorian and Louisville needs to get their act together. Next, we're going to talk about how Orlando has hired an interim coach for the rest of the season. So they hired Becky Burley to be their coach until the end of the season. And it's looking like it could become a full-time position. She was on vacation when she got the call to come coach and... She literally left her vacation to join the team and immediately players were talking about how glad they were she was there and it really seems like she's going to be good for the team. She spent the previous 26 years as the head coach of the SEC powerhouse University of Florida and retired from collegiate games this past February. With University of Florida, she won 14 SEC championships and appeared in 22 of the 26 NCAA tournaments. After a great start to the season, Orlando has really fallen down the leaderboard, and hopefully this new coach will help them find their footing again. And in last NWSL news, Gotham has hired a new front office, so Gotham FC named Yale Everbutch West as interim general manager and head of soccer operations this past Tuesday. The team also appointed Stephanie Lee as interim assistant GM and Kristen Bernhardt as interim head of business operations. A lot of people were confused why they hired three people to replace Elise, but Elise did a lot of things that were technically not under the general manager position, so they're splitting the workload between three different people, which is great because obviously you want the best quality work, so these opportunities of having three different people will hopefully bring about the best quality of work. It'll for sure be cool to have someone in a leadership role who not only played but played with the club and has seen it grow from 
the start of the team to where it is now because Yale was the first college draft pick in Gotham FC history back in 2009 when the club was still known as Sky Blue. So it'll be really exciting to see what she decides to do with this team. Now we are on to our last segment of talking about the Olympics because the Olympics closing ceremony is today and the Olympics are officially over. But in case you were worried about that, the Winter Olympics start in February, so you don't have to wait long until there's a lot of sports content coming your way. But now we are going to start with talking about gymnastics. So Michaela Skinner filled in for Simone Biles on the vault final and came in second, winning the silver. Uh, Jade Carey got gold on the floor final, which she deserved 100%, especially after having a rough vault and all-around final. Simone did compete in the beam final and got bronze. It was super exciting to see her back and for her to win a medal. Biles said getting back out there was tough, but well worth it. She got back to training in a small gym about 40 minutes out from where they were staying and was able to try her landings and dismounts on better padded surfaces. The dismount she did from beam was something she said she hadn't done since she was about 13 years old, but obviously it still meant a lot for her to be able to even compete. Um, although Suni Lee did not place in the beam final, she did have an incredible save. After landing off-centered on a series, it really seemed like she was going to touch the beam or fall off, but she didn't, which was insane. Um, I really am just shocked that she did not fall. Her and gravity must have worked out a deal or something. Everyone on Team USA Gymnastics, including the individuals, went home with a medal, which was awesome to see. Now we're going to talk all things soccer, so we're going to start by talking about the semi-final match up between Sweden and Australia. It was a really tight game with the final score being 1-0. The goal came for Sweden in the 46th minute and both teams had a few chances to either tie or get ahead, but nothing really came of it. In the 95th minute, Ellie Carpenter received a red card, which put her out of their final match as they went to the bronze medal match and Sweden went to the gold medal match. Uh, USA vs. Canada was another very similar game. It was tight and defensive, with both teams having very minimal scoring opportunities. After a tackle from Tierna Davidson on the edge of the penalty box, Canada was awarded a PK. Jesse Fleming took the penalty and converted it, giving them the 1-0 win over the U.S. team. During the game, goalkeeper Alyssa Nair went down and suffered a hyperextended knee and bone contusion, which obviously probably shook up the team a little bit because that's their goalkeeper. She keeps the team solid, she keeps them centered, and has been having a really amazing tournament. But AD French did end up subbing in and made her Olympic debut. Uh, She played out the rest of that game against Canada and then in the bronze medal match, and she did a really amazing job. This was history for Canada winning the game. It was the first time that they beat the U.S. in 20 years and also the first time that they would appear in a gold medal match. In the bronze medal match, the U.S. women's national team won 4-3 against Australia. The U.S. goals came from Megan Rapinoe and Carly Lloyd. Rapinoe kicked it off with a beautiful curling corner in the eighth minute. Um, Honestly, this was such a beautiful goal and I was shocked watching it. This was the second time that she has been able to score off a corner in the Olympics. Sam Kerr equalized less than 10 minutes later, but the U.S. finally looked more like themselves and were clearly hungry for a win because Pino added another to the score sheet, putting them up again. At the end of the half, Carly Lloyd put the team up 3-1 to one going into the break. Five minutes into the next half, Carly scored again, setting the team up with a 4-1 to one Advantage. At this point, it kind of became a defensive game because obviously the U.S. had such a large lead that they really just needed to tighten their defense and stop Australia from scoring. But they did not complete that because Australia was able to find two opportunities to score. It wasn't enough to win and the U.S. won bronze, which was exciting for 
of me as a fan to see that happen, especially after how rough of a tournament that they had. And after the game, they even said that they did find their joy again. I don't know how long that's going to last, but it was great to see them play like the team that we all know and kind of love. So um, that was really exciting. Crystal Dunn is the only player to have started all six matches for the USA at the Tokyo Olympics and played all but 16 minutes over all six games that they played. Um, Becky Sauerbrunn also broke the record for most U.S. Women's National Team caps without scoring a goal. The mark was previously held by the current general manager, Kate Markgraf, who scored her first and only goal in her 193rd cap, and this was Becky's 193rd cap, I think, and so she has officially broken the record from Kate Markgraf. So good for her, I guess, but Becky, please score soon. The final gold medal match up between Sweden and Canada was so exciting. Either team winning was going to be the first to ever win gold at the Olympics. And after a grueling 120 minutes, the game went on to penalty kicks. During regulation, Sweden scored and seemed to be running away with it until Canada got a penalty kick, which Jesse Fleming easily slotted away to tie them up. Canada's standout defenders helped it survive several scares throughout the match. None more threatening than a clearance off the goal line with three minutes left in extra time. Vanessa Gills, Kadisha Buchanan, and Desiree Scott and Ashley Lawrence all came up with key defensive interventions throughout the match in front of goalkeeper Stephanie LeBay, who came up with a few stops of her own during the 120 minutes. Uh, Canada's goalkeeper, Steph LeBay, let me tell you, watching her do these penalty kick shootouts was a ride for sure. She, she just came up and she looks at you and she smiles and she jumps and she does her little dance between the goalposts and you're like okay I can do this but I feel like her ease about it all really just like gets in your head and she came up with two huge saves in the shootout and those and some misses from both Canada and Sweden set it up for it to go on from five penalty kicks to six with each team sending one more forward 20 year old Julia Grosso scored the final penalty kick which clinched it for Canada 3-2 in PKs. This was Canada's first ever gold medal win at the Olympics, which players like Christine Sinclair, Desiree Scott, and Janine Becky deserve so much. And they proved to everyone who said they couldn't do it wrong because a lot of people underestimated Canada coming into this, and they really were a force to be reckoned with. Shout out to my Gotham girls, Kaylin Sheridan and Evelyn Viennes, who are now Olympic gold medalists, and congrats to all the teams on an incredible tournament. It was really exciting to watch. Now, the last section, we're just going to quickly go over some other Olympic stuff. This section is going to be mostly USA Olympic highlights because there is so much to cover about other countries and not enough time. So, real quick, USA basketball won gold for the seventh time. Dawn Staley, their coach, has won gold at all the Olympics she's been to. Three as a player, two as an assistant coach, and one as head coach. USA men's basketball also won gold. After a rough start with a loss to France, they were able to shape up and win the gold title. USA Women's Volleyball played in their first ever gold medal match and won. Allison Felix won her 11th medal at the Olympics, becoming the most decorated U.S. track and field Olympian. She won her 11th in the 4x400 alongside Sydney McLaughlin, Delilah Muhammad, and Athing Mu. Sydney and Dahlia got gold and silver in the 400-meter hurdles. Sydney got gold and even beat the world record she set in qualifying. Sydney also became the youngest gold medalist for the 400-meter at 21 years old. Nellie Cordo won gold for USA Women's Golfing, the first medal for them since 1900. April Ross completed her collection for beach volleyball, winning gold with Alex Kleinman, adding that to her bronze and silver from her previous Olympics. 
Molly Seidel won bronze for the women's marathon at the Olympics. This was only the third marathon she ever competed in, and clearly she knows what she's doing. The United States finished the Olympics with 113 medals, so congrats to them on an amazing run at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Hey guys, um, this is I'm here with my friend Tegan right now. So Tegan and I have been friends for a decent amount of time now. Uh, a couple five, six years, something like that. Maybe. Um, I don't know. I was in like seventh grade. So junior in high school. So a decent amount of time. Yeah, because you came and saw Peter Pan, which is my junior yeah. year. But basically, Tegan is going into her senior year of college, and I'm going into my freshman year of college. So we're just going to basically talk about what it's like and any advice she has and all that kind of fun stuff that goes along with college. So we're just going to get into that. Um, Tegan, is there anything you want to say? Introduce yourself to the class. Anything before we get started? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Hey, everyone. I'm Tegan. I'm a senior at St. John Fisher College in Rochester, New York. Um, yes, I have a major in media and communications with a double minor in film and TV studies. She's smart. So. Oh, wow. She's going to be famous one day, guys. So I guess we'll just get into some of the questions. So I move in in 12 days, which is crazy. Um, I'm like, so what was your experience like freshman year moving into your dorm? Like, what was the haps going on with that honestly like I don't remember much of it because it was like four years ago now almost um but I just remember it was so exciting because you know college is just this whole new chapter and it's all new and it really didn't hit me that I was in college until like a few weeks out Like, just everyone was so excited on move-in day, and I got to move in with my family, and then my roommate came, one of my roommates, my other roommate was um, at a volleyball tournament, but I just remember that first- I remember you had, you had two, that was the three of you, right? Gosh, yeah, we were in, they enrolled so many freshmen my year, my freshman year, that they had to triple us in double rooms. There were three of us in a room that was meant for two people, and it was, like, kind of awful, but it was also, like, it was a good time because me, it felt like we had to get a lot closer because we were sharing such small space, and I'm still super good friends with both of them. I love them both to death, but, yeah, it was just, it was just fun moving day. I mean, setting up, like, your desk and making your bed for the first time like with all your new college stuff hanging up pictures like I don't know it's just so fun like enjoy it yeah I'm really looking forward to it and the way that my school is doing it like we move in in different like time slots but it's all on the same day and Mm -hmm. so like my roommate Clara is moving in like an hour before me and so it'll be like interesting to like walk in and like half of the stuff will probably already be done and I'm gonna be like what the heck I was the last one to move in. Yeah. Um, my roommate Julia had been there for a week or so because it's a volleyball. And then my roommate Zeta had the earlier time slot. So I was the last one to move in. Um, so it was fun seeing all their stuff like up and I was yeah. like, oh my God, let's complete the dorm and 
did you guys do like any like floor meetings or anything like the day that you moved in because like we have like a schedule like we have like a welcome meeting and then we have like another meeting that we go to and then we have a floor meeting and like that kind of stuff so what was that like move-in day so at my school freshman orientation was like three days long and freshmen moved in three days before everyone else did and before classes started so those first three days are just crazy I mean, yeah, we had meetings. We had a meeting with the president of our school, a big assembly. We had team bonding, like class bonding activities. We had this, um, I can't even remember what it was called, but it was just this like kind of festival where we could all mingle and hang out. And some of the upperclassmen were there um, talking about different clubs that we had at the school. And then, yeah, we had a floor meeting that night. And honestly, like, you just don't have time to think about anything those first few days because you do you have a schedule and it's just go 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 for the first three days and then i feel like it's kind of good though because yeah it's time to like stress about like the fact that you know you at least for me like i'm moving eight and a half hours away so like yeah i'm not gonna have time to like be like oh my gosh I'm not sitting in my dorm all day doing nothing like no we have like you just do stuff for like the we move in five days before and it's just like that's the whole plan is just keep your mind off of it keep you busy you don't have time to like be homesick yeah that's good that's cool so as someone who's going into your senior year like what is like one piece of advice that you kind of have for like me or like other freshmen out there like something that like you really think that people should take advantage of put yourself out there um I I was looking at the questions I mean I didn't really put myself out there I was dealing with a lot of mental things and just life happened and so I really stayed to myself and I didn't do a lot of socializing on campus um so get involved join clubs Go to, you know, random events that are happening on campus. Make friends with everyone you can, you know, be as social as you can because in the end, these people are going to be with you for the next four years. And the more connections you can have on campus, the better. Because also you never know the connections someone else might have on campus so they could get you into where you want to go in life. Yeah. My, uh, we have like this, like they put out like the, um, the move in week, like welcome week or whatever, like, like day of events. And like, there's something every day. So like one day there's food trucks and then there's a movie thing. And then like this thing, and then they do this thing called the day on the J, which is like the middle of campus. And they have like bouncy houses and games and like all this kind of stuff. And so Clara and I are planning to go to like all of that and I was thinking about like trying to do something dance related. I might join a sorority. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, I, I can see you in a sorority. I feel like I'd be good in a sorority. Uh, my other like piece of advice is take advantage of office hours. Like That's what I've heard from a lot of people, yeah. Yeah, and I've talked to like so many people who are, we all agree that just, especially my high school was really small. My graduating class was only 54 kids because I went to a private school and we had block scheduling. So we had four classes a day and they were 75 minutes each. 
So there was never any need to go to office hours. Like you never had to go meet with a teacher because you had enough time with your teachers. And we were all just one, we were all so close, like teachers and faculty. So going into college, like the fact that I only had, you know, 45 minutes with a teacher was crazy to me. I was so stressed the first few days about it. Um, so go to office hours if you need help. Don't be afraid. Everyone on campus is there to help you. And professors want you to go to office hours. And I wish I would have known that my freshman year because I feel like I would have done a lot better freshman year in a certain class. <laughs> advantage. Yeah, my, my, my school is pretty small. Um, and so they were saying that like, some of the professors, like, they'll even host, they'll even have, like, lunches. They'll be like, everyone come eat lunch with me today, and we'll go mm -hmm. over whatever, like, and so, like, there's tables outside of a lot, a lot of the science classes, there's, like, big, long tables, and, like, we walked through one day, and there was, like, a teacher and, like, six students just sitting there eating their lunch and going over, like, problems together, and I was like, that's so cool, like. Yeah, the professors at college, and I think this goes for every single college, they want to see you succeed. There is not a single professor who wants you to fail. I mean, this is their job, this is their income. So they want you to, <laughs> and they want you to do well. So if they're offering help, take the help. There's yeah. really, I mean, it's so like, everyone says it, but there's no stupid questions, especially in college. Like the more you understand it, the better you're gonna be and the better it is for the professor too, so. Well, since we're on the topic of work and office hours, how was managing the workload and like your time different from high school? like was it yeah. a really big adjustment um well I mean I just kind of touched on it the fact that in high school I had 75 minutes with each teacher and in college you have 45 yeah so that was crazy to me because class pace was a lot faster sorry so it's like um, less time but more information time, more information exactly and so I was like oh my god like what the heck is happening like you don't have time to take detailed notes like the notes I wanted to take yeah so that was crazy and then just it is hard I mean especially freshman year because you want to get out there you want to go to parties you want to have fun it's your freshman year you're away from home you're basically living on your own you're being an adult you want to go do stuff but at the same time I mean there is no one hovering over you saying you need to get your work done yeah. if you don't get your work done a professor is not gonna hound you for it they're gonna be like well you didn't turn it in like you need to have time management and you need to get it done because as much as professors want you to succeed they want you to be independent so they're not gonna sit there and baby you and say okay don't forget this essay is due like you get your syllabus at the beginning of the year and they expect you to know those dates. Yeah. Like if you have a paper due on the 15th, you have a paper due on the 15th, they're probably not going to remind you. And don't wait for the last minute to do it because it's going to creep up on you, especially when yeah. you get that information at the beginning of the semester. Hot. So. My friend got me a planner Good. and it's like a big one too. So you have room to write everything. Planner. And yes. I'm like, I definitely will be taking advantage of that. And one thing that I really appreciate from my high school is my history teacher. Um, last year, we would do papers. And so like the first paper we wrote was like three pages. I think the next one was like 
eight and then like the last one was like 12 or something like that and he'd be like okay here's your paper here's your topic it's due this day and then Mm -hmm. and then I mean he did remind us like the week it was due he's like hey guys your paper's due this week but like that was about it and Mm -hmm. so like so it was really like an uh, like okay like I have to remember to do this and and um, I'm definitely going to try to manage my time better in school. Yeah. And, like, going on papers, like, I mean, I feel like at least in my school, in high school, every single year in English class, we'd get that quick refresher of how to write a good paper. You know, just the one day, like, bullet points. They will not do that for you. They expect you're going to know how to write a paper. They're going to expect you know how to do different formatting, like APA format, MLA format, Chicago, like, they just I, I can't even tell you the difference between any of those like genuinely I couldn't isn't either isn't like MLA when you like cite in the text and APA is like when you cite at the bottom I don't know <laughs> I use a citation machine like yeah, I don't that's know what I use but just the fact that they're not going to review stuff that you should yeah. know papers and headings and punctuation and grammar like you should know it Oh they are hard on you for spell checking and grammar. They they don't baby you. Yeah. They're like, oh, you are adults. And so get it done. You're paying for this. It's your work, not mine. Yeah, that's true. I mean, time management is hard, especially when you're living in the dorms. Because, you know, you get back to your room and you're still at school. But at the same time, that's supposed to be your place to yeah. not school and that's what I'm like worried about because like it's not gonna like it's like your home but like you also have work to do and like I don't do my homework in my in my bedroom I do my homework like in the kitchen or like in the backyard and so I definitely need to make sure I find like a study space on campus because Um, library great normally they have study rooms yeah there's study rooms in our dorm building which is good yeah and for me like this year and then this coming year and last year, I was in a suite. So it was four of us living and we had uh, two bedrooms and then like a living room and a bathroom. And just all of us would do our work in the living room or in the bathroom. But it's hard because you get distracted. Like these people are your friends. Yeah. We don't want to be doing work. We want to be goofing off and just being being young adults, you know. Yeah. Um, so we have a Starbucks on our campus. Um, so we go there and we do work and I feel like yeah, definitely getting out of your room to do work is going to be the most important thing. But I also feel like, are you doing in-person classes? Yes. Okay, good. Oh my gosh. I, so I did in-person classes, obviously all of freshman year, my first half of sophomore year, then I went abroad. So I did in-person there. But and she then- was in Europe. Uh, but then when I went junior year, they were all on Zoom. Yeah. With the pandemic that's going on, you know. Um, so it was even harder because now I can't be anywhere I want on campus. I'm in my room, like in my room where I'm supposed to relax and sleep. And there's four of us in a room all taking different time classes. That's so you have to spread out. And, or you can go to campus center, you can go to the Starbucks, but you have to wear a mask the whole time. And who wants to do that? Like when you're in a class, I'd rather just be in my room, you know, comfortable. And it was just rough. So I'm glad that this semester I'm back to 
in-person classes. So there'll be a huge, you know, this is school. This is home. Yeah. That creation between the two. You know, doing like virtual, like it just, one, it's not the same, but like, I like remember I read something that like, if you like study in your bed or try to do things besides sleeping in your bed, it makes it more difficult to fall asleep. And so like, I, that's why I like try to avoid doing like anything besides sleeping and like maybe watching Netflix in my bed. I'll read in my bed. I do that too. Yeah. I have a reading that I have to do. I'll do it in my bed. But I, yeah, I tried my hardest to do every single class at my desk in my room because. All right, so we're kind of going to wrap up this question part, but um, what has been the highlight of your college experience so far? Studying abroad. Go abroad if you can. It is the best experience ever. I went to London and I have some of the best memories there. You meet the best. You were thriving there. I was arriving in England I mean it was just and you meet people from not only you know England but I met people from across the states too my two roommates there I'm still super super close with them we're planning to go back you know get yourself out there like it's just so fun I've made I made so many connections over in London that I'm gonna be able to have when I graduate and there's potential that I could go back over there and live there and work there, which is what I want to do, but (laughs) uh, it's go abroad. If you can do it, go abroad. It's yeah, that's definitely on my list of things that I want to do. And I feel like with what I want to do, like I made, so I'm majoring in communications in case I haven't said that on the podcast before, um, communications (laughs) and with a focus in sports media. And so I could go open, over maybe I could go visit you when you're living in England and work for a WSL team or something who knows or I might go down to Argentina so okay that's cool too anyway yeah you can go visit me <laughs> all right I'll so post, um... <laughs> there was one last question but we kind of answered it already so I'm just gonna skip to like the rapid fire they're not crazy there's only like five of them but I don't know if my anxiety can handle this. All right. So thank you so much for answering those questions and giving me some insight into college and what your college experience was like. Before we wrap this up completely, I have a few rapid fire questions for you because it's fun. And yeah, so we're going to get right into that. It's fun for? <laughs> it's fun for me. All right. Yeah. So what are three must-haves for your dorm? Okay. I don't know how to describe it, but one of those sponges that you can fill the dish soap in in I know what you're talking about yeah is necessary a fan if you're not having air conditioning and (laughs) tums okay all right what what (laughs) I mean hey you never know when you're gonna need something yeah what was what's your favorite late night snack that's hard because I'm allergic to gluten um <laughs> so I'm very limited um in my but I love like popcorn okay that's a good one or um there's these sweet potato chips that I devour in like five that minutes sounds good okay now what are your thoughts on dorm color schemes and or themes are they tacky or are they cute like if you match with your roommate it depends it can go either way it depends on the color scheme you're going with. There are some that are just so tacky and it's like, I can't stand tapestries. 
Yeah. I, so tacky and awful. Um, but I mean, matching with your roommate, I don't, I mean, my roommate and I this year are matching. Um, our comforters and beds are the same, but I mean, I think there's enough to do it where you can match, but also have your own personality, if that okay. makes sense. I think, yes. I mean, it can be cute as long as you're not overdoing it. Okay. What is your favorite study spot? I know you kind of already mentioned that, but. Star- our Starbucks, our on-campus Starbucks. All right. I on there. And then what has been the least favorite class that you've taken? Microeconomics. <laughs> that was quick. There's the rapid fire. Freshman year, first semester, I was not asked to be put in the class. And I get put in a microeconomics class. When I tell you, I still don't remember anything from that class. What do you mean? It's economics, but like focusing on like a specific like like we focus on the US. Like okay. economics and I don't I don't I we don't need not, to talk about it. I passed the class with a sixty seven. <laughs> I just got out of it. Oh also intro astronomy was rough. Because when I signed up for it, I thought it was going to be so fun. I thought it was going to be like the moon and the stars and the planets. And oh, how fun because it's an intro course. And then I walk in the first day and the professor's like, so you guys need to know what a logarithm is. And I was like, a what? What's a logarithm? Anyways. Never heard and it was all physics. And I was like, I have never taken a day of physics in my life. That sounds terrible. Physics is the worst science. Oh, yeah, for sure. So don't take microeconomics and don't take intro to astronomy. It's a lie. I will it keep that in class. mind when I do my schedule for the second semester. Not an intro class. Okay. Astronomy. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. It was so fun to talk to you and pick your brain on all things college. And all yeah, right. thank you. So anything else you want to say before we wrap this interview up? Um, just have fun. You know, live your life. It's four years. It's fun. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be hard, but have fun. Awesome. Thank you so much. Don't do something I wouldn't do. Got it. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on here. I really appreciate it. And it was so great to have you on. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mickey Mike's Up. Some big news is I finally hit 100 followers. So thank you all so much for the support. Head over to my Twitter, which is Mickey.Alfano for a giveaway. I will be giving away stickers from some of my friends' shops on Etsy and stuff like that. So be sure to go check that out to figure out how to enter. And yeah, that's super exciting. Thank you all for following, supporting, and listening. It truly does mean so much to me. And I hope you know that I will continue to put out great content as long as you guys are willing to continue to listen to my voice. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to follow and follow me on social media platforms. See you next week for Mickey Mike's.